Martha and I love fine dining, and we were discussing the other night where we would enjoy this fine dining, and so we settled on Sonic. <clears throat> and uh, we ordered, she, she wanted a cheeseburger, I wanted a hot dog. So we pushed the button, as they have in all fine dining establishments, <clears throat> and they came on, can I help you? And uh, I ordered, you know, uh, we want a number one with cheese, mayonnaise, pickles, lettuce, no tomato, no onion, and a chili cheese dog. Excuse me, what, what is it you want? <clears throat> want a number one with cheese, mayonnaise, pickles, lettuce, no tomato, no onion, chili cheese dog. I'm sorry, what? Okay, I look at Martha at this point, you know, and I repeat, number one chili cheese, or uh, number one cheeseburger, mayonnaise, pickles, lettuce, no onion, no tomato, chili cheese dog. I hear a voice behind me saying, what is it you ordered? And I turn around, the guy's standing right there. <clears throat> and, and I said, I need a, a, a number one cheese you know, mayonnaise, pickles, lettuce, no tomato, no onion, chili cheese. He turns around and starts to walk away. And he turns back and says, mayonnaise, pickles, lettuce, right? Right. No, no onion, no tomato. Mayonnaise? Yes, 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 yes. So we sat there. We were having a nice conversation. And it must have been 20 minutes later, we still didn't have our food. And so I reached up and punched the button, and the, a voice came on and said, can I help you? Yes. We ordered about 20 minutes ago and still have not received our order. Now get this. You hear the ch -ch 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 -ch. He said, I'm not lying about this. It, it, you know, I know you don't believe me, but go ask Martha about this. <laughs> he said... Are you sure you haven't received your food yet? <laughs> I said, if I had received my food, I would have eaten it. He said, we have no record of the fact that you have ordered a cheeseburger and a chili cheese dog. I said, you know what? Thank you very much. And we left and we went to Culver's. <laughs> well, this experience taught me that, and of course I knew this and you know this, that service is in short supply and humility is even shorter supply. But as we read this passage of scripture today, I don't want us to miss this. In the first verse, it says, it was just before the Passover festival and Jesus knew that the hour had come. If you study the book of John, you'll notice that there are a number of times when it says his hour had not come. His hour had not come. The time had not come. But now the hour has come. And can you imagine that? 
Can you imagine knowing, okay, I'm going to die tomorrow or within the week. Wouldn't you want somebody to wait on you? Wouldn't you want someone to bring you whatever you wanted? Wouldn't you want that whole thing to be about you rather than about somebody else? There's no mention of the cross here, only that it was time to go back to the Father. But I think the whole key to this passage is found in the third and fourth verse, where it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. Notice how John describes Jesus here. He says he had come from God. How many times did, God, uh, did Jesus assert that he was God's son? How many times did he use the term I am, which is exactly the term that was used in the Old Testament to, to describe God? I am. And it says he was returning to God. He was about to suffer great things. However, do you ever notice that he doesn't say anything about the cross? But listen to what he said. This is according to the Hebrew writer. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Now listen to this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him. That's what he was thinking about. And he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped around a towel around his waist and washed the apostles' feet. I've washed feet before. I don't know if you have or not, but, and, and I'm not talking about your own. I hope you wash your own. I don't know. But, uh, but I've washed feet before at camp. And at camp, it's usually 100 degrees. The kids usually wear dirty, smelly Sneakers, tennis shoes. And he was a young man that I like. He's still around. And remember that Jesus washed the feet of Judas, the one who betrayed him. And it doesn't mention, other than Peter, it doesn't mention the rest of them, but he washed the feet of all of them. But it was one of the most unpleasant things that I have ever done. To bring him up on stage and to untie his shoelaces and to take off his shoes and his socks and to see those smelly feet and to take my hands and wash them. Some churches even practice this today. But it was Peter, oh, Peter. Some think he was being noble and even humble when Jesus came to him and was ready to wash his feet. 
and he says, oh, you're not going to wash my feet, you know, then wash everything. Jesus tells him, if I don't wash your feet, then you'll have no part of me. Wash my whole body, he says. Charles Swindoll, in his uh, book on the book of John, he said, Peter was basically saying, if I have dirty feet, I'll take care of the washing myself. No charity needed here. Thank you very much. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you wash the feet of Jesus? Now, I think you would probably stand in line to wash the feet of Jesus. But did you notice Jesus didn't say, wash my feet? In fact, he said to wash the feet of each other. There is no discrimination in humility. It's expressed equally to all. And humility is serving one another, not just the Lord. And that person you don't care for too much, remember that Jesus washed Judas' feet. Judas's feet. The one who won't let you because he's too good, too proud, too arrogant, Jesus washed Peter's feet. You see, humility turns the structure of authority upside down. In fact, if you want to, to, to enter the corporate world, the corporate world position is everything, and position is determined by the office that you have with the corner office that has a wonderful view. It has uh, people coming in to, to answer to you, the number of people who answer to you, the size of the budget that you oversee, that's what determines the authority you have. But Jesus says, if you want to be first, then you need to be last. We become great in the kingdom not for dying for Jesus, not for being crucified, but we become great by bowing low and serving one another. Many times people see humility as a, as a weakness. I find that very interesting because I don't think <clears throat> that anybody sees Jesus as a weak person. He completed the task of washing the feet for no reason other than the fact that it needed to be done. It wasn't one of those things where it says, hey, in order for me to be who I am, I need to check this list off. It needed to be done. It was usually done by a slave person, by the first person who came in, because you had the dusty sandals and the dusty feet. You took those off, and the slave would wash the feet. Jesus wrapped a, a towel around his waist and did what needed to be done. There is no rank in the church. There is no hierarchy. We are only told to love one another. And we are told to serve one another. In fact, Paul told the Galatians, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Let me return to this third verse again. 
John says that Jesus knew that he had come from God. Guess what? So have you. You have come from God also. You're a child of God. The scripture says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, created in him. And I always cringe a little bit when somebody says, well, she was an accident. I don't think there's anything like that that's an accident. You are God's child, God's poem. The scripture says, for we are God's handiwork. The word for handiwork is the same word that we get our word poem from. You are the poem that God wrote, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's who you are. You came from God. You are a child of God. And it says, and so you're returning to God is what the scripture says that Jesus knew. So are you. You're returning to God. It is our destiny to return to him. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many rooms. And Jesus knew of the joy that faced him after his life on earth. And I, I find it extremely interesting that that passage in Hebrews doesn't say that he's going to suffer on the cross and he's going to die a, a painful death. It says he understood the joy that awaited him. So many times, oh, woe is me. My life is terrible. Things are going bad. People are treating me badly. But one day... One day I'll be able to be with him. Guess what? You need to have that joy in spite of all that other stuff. And so what do we do while we're here? We know that we came from God. We know that we're returning to God. So what do we do while we're here? It's very simple. He says, I want you to, to serve. I want you to be servants. I want you to wash feet. We humbly do what needs to be done. And in doing so, we become more and more like Jesus. Humility is one of those kind of things that we don't like to talk about very much. In fact, most of us, when we get to the point of humility and we say, I've achieved humility, you just lost it. But it's interesting, as Jesus was talking to his disciples one day, and, and if you'll notice, Jesus doesn't talk about himself a lot. He always pushes it forward to the glory of God. But in, in Matthew chapter 11, he says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you want to be like Jesus... Take off your outer garment, tie a towel around your waist, and do what needs to be done. 
The way up is down. And that's where we need to be. Caleb is selecting the invitation song for us, and we're going to sing that here in just a moment. You struggled with humility? Has it been one of those things that I'll do this for them, but not for them? Oh, that's the wrong attitude. In fact, we just, as Christians, we do what needs to be done. If you're struggling with that and you need our prayers, we'd be more than happy to pray with you about that. Our shepherds and their wives will be in the back. If you want to talk to them privately, I've seen people go back there and talk to them. They want to pray with you and would be more than happy to pray with you. But whatever your need this morning, would you take care of it today? Would you in all humility take care of it today? Come while we stand and sing this song.